Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Dr. Jeffrey Copen is the chief medical officer at Northwestern Medicine's Lake Forest Hospital. Welcome back, Dr. Copen, for your weekly Tuesday visit. How are you, sir? I am terrific, John. Today's one of those weather, day, weather days, though, that only us lifelong Chicagoans can properly appreciate. I think that days, really, it's going to be a week like this, are the sorts of things that benefit us when the weather does turn. You know, any place else in the world, you go, all right, so it's sunny and 50, whatever. We will really feel good about that. Man, sunny and 50. We call that May, right? I mean, I just <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got a lot of little topics here, doctor. Uh, so let's uh, let's jump right into this. Here's a headline. Taking a daily multivitamin may improve memory in older adults, according to a study. The results could have major implications for millions of Americans suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. Published in the COCOA Supplement and Multivitamin Outcomes Study, which I don't normally read. What do you know about this? What do you think about that? Yeah, so um, I actually pulled the, the study um, so I could read it. This has been an issue, John, for a long time. Is there any efficacy, any help that vitamins of certain types or a multivitamin could have in help warding off dementia in people. And there have been many studies done over lots of years looking at this. Most of the studies have shown no positive effect. This is a study, um, very well done, that in a small group of people, where they did show a positive benefit. So if, if this can be reproduced in the future, this has the potential to be very exciting. Not only that, the vitamin that they used was Centrum Silver, which you can buy in the pharmacy, right? You can buy in any store, Centrum Silver. Um, they, they actually showed a positive effect over a two-year horizon. So people on this multivitamin, compared to people taking a placebo, it looked like the group that was taking the multivitamin had less evidence of any deterioration of their cognitive abilities compared to that placebo group. So this is one study. Again, I said, it, as I pointed out, it's a well-done study with some sophisticated neuropsychiatric tests, um, which was impressive. We'll have to see. But, you know, the cool thing here, John, it's a Centrum Silver multivitamin. There's no side effect. So if somebody wanted to take a multivitamin, and I would, if you want to do it for this reason, recommend Centrum Silver, I, I don't see a downside. And if it turns out that this is reproduced and it really does work, I think it could help people. Man, yeah, I was just thinking, well, a lot of folks take a multivitamin. There's no harm in that. Um, do you think that this particular brand, the Centrum Silver, has some combination of multivitamins that others don't? No, I, I think it's just that it's a well-known, well-made multivitamin. It has the major vitamins in it. That's why they chose it. Yeah, um, yeah. There's nothing special about it. You know, and John, there's been studies done over the years looking at individual vitamins, different combinations of vitamins. Nobody can really say what it is about this 
about this multivitamin other than this one study showed a, showed a positive effect over two years. Now, I also, though, I, I think it's important that we're clear to our listeners, we're not talking about a cure to Alzheimer's disease here. That's not what they were studying. They were looking at early changes that could turn into Alzheimer's in the future. So the deterioration of cognitive abilities, and it was very mild, occurred more in the placebo group than in the multivitamin group. So that let, let's be careful about what this showed. There was a, st- uh, a column in the New York Times uh, last year, but it was referenced in a letter to the Chicago Tribune last week, and it said that a uh, the gold standard of um, medical publications uh, said that there was no improved results from wearing a mask uh, during the pandemic, that if you had a mask on, uh, it wasn't any more helpful than if you had a mask off. Uh, I found that suspect, but I trust the New York Times, and it seemed like a reliable source. I went back and looked into that a little bit. Are, are you up to speed on that? Yeah, I didn't see the article that you're talking about, I, but I do think I'm, I'm pretty up on, on the literature about masking. So what did you find, Jen, in your, in your research? They said that there was no improved uh, results from wearing the mask, and that came from an interview that the, one of the uh, lead scientists gave to a uh, columnist for the New York Times. But then afterwards, that agency said that whatever he said did not represent the findings, that they were either too thin in some areas or, and I think this is interesting, the people who said they wore masks and then they saw what the incidence was of COVID with them, there's no way to know how true to they wore masks they were. So maybe there were plenty of times where they didn't have masks on. It seems like there were just some controls that they weren't able to account for. The, the, the bottom line is this, and I only bring it up because it was a letter to the editor in the Tribune, and it seemed competent. The Tribune ran it, but the organization that, uh, in fact, authored the study, the organization backed away from what the lead researcher said. They said, we are not saying that. Uh, if anything, the uh, results were a little ambiguous, but they did not say that there was no improve, uh, that, that, that there was no difference, which is what the one guy said. Yeah, so if we're talking about, will wearing a mask help me from getting infected? And I think that's what you're talking about, correct, Jen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So what, what type of mask? Are we talking about a surgical mask? Are we talking about an N95 mask? Right. So that, that's really important because the surgical masks, we're still breathe, we're breathing in air. Not all of it is being filtered. The N95 is that could, it's called the N95 because it keeps 95% of stuff out of us. Oh, interesting. So, it depends which mask. You also point out something which is really important. Anytime a study is done that requires self-reporting, a person says, I wore a mask X number of hours a week or a day when I was out of the house, self-reporting is notoriously bad, right? I mean, we all know that from our own experience. How often are we all being precise if we're asked, did you wear a mask today? How long did you wear that mask for? So 
that that's the problem with those with those kinds of studies. Yeah. I don't think there's any question though, John, that certainly when people aren't feeling well, when they go out and they wear a mask to protect other people, that works. To say that there's no effect at all of wearing a mask in getting infected yourself, I think that's a bit of an extreme conclusion. However, I think it's still the 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 jury is still out about the efficacy of any of these things. Surgical masks for either giving giving um, an infection like COVID to somebody or getting it yourself. I'm just always happy when I see that there's stuff being written about this still, because I think we need to get the best understanding we can about what worked, particularly in the early days of the pandemic. So should this happen again, we're going to be operating from a far better level of good information than we did certainly during 2020. Ryan Sandberg announced that he has metastatic prostate cancer. What does metastatic in that phrase mean, doctor? It means that Rhino's prostate cancer has spread from his prostate gland where it originated to other parts of his body. That is a that's a more severe case of prostate cancer than when the prostate cancer is limited to the prostate gland. He's only 64 years old. Is there an age at which somebody is more or less likely to get that? Yeah, for the most part, um, over the age of 50 is when a man should get diligent about um, prostate cancer and describing and discussing with um, his physician ways of screening for prostate cancer. There's other populations individuals who have a family history of prostate cancer where we recommend beginning screening earlier. And also in African-American men, um, the incidence is, is higher at earlier ages. So we begin looking at an earlier age there. If I get regularly tested, then am I likely to at least keep it from metastasizing? Yes. Um, if we can catch it early, um, we can keep it from metastasizing. And then the treatment, particularly in a young man like Rhino at 64, is relatively straightforward. There's, there's choices of therapy directed at the cancer that's limited to the prostate. As opposed to now, with it having spread elsewhere, treatment is more complicated than it would have been had it been found when it was limited to the prostate. Uh, one last thing. We don't know how far it's gone, but... What are the what's the prognosis for somebody when it's gone to other parts of the body usually? Yeah, it's it's hard for me to to say because I don't know any of the details with 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 what is going on with Rhino. But our treatments are pretty good today. Um, it's way better than it was, for example, when I was training. So um, I, I assume our Hall of Fame baseball player is otherwise in good health. That's the key determinant. And with the therapies that will be available to him, I would expect a good prognosis. Boy, I hope so. I, I know you're not speaking about him specifically. I'm just glad to hear in general what you have to say about that and everything else. You know, and John, if I can just add, if remember, um, Secretary of Defense Austin, um, we, just, we found out earlier this month that he just had gone through surgical treatment of prostate cancer. 
Um, exactly what happened after that, I still don't know. But um, I think it's important to, you know, to realize here are two prominent men um, where we recently found out that they both have prostate cancer. So for our, our men who are listening to us, this is definitely a conversation to have with your healthcare provider um, to understand what's best for you. It really is an individual choice. What's best for you in terms of looking for prostate cancer? How do you how do you know? I mean, like, what's the t- is it does the colonoscopy tell if that doesn't tell if you have prostate cancer? What's the test for that? Yeah, there's actually a blood test that we use to screen, John. It's called a prostate-specific antigen. It's a, uh, it's a protein that comes from the prostate. And when a man has prostate cancer, the PSA, that's yeah. what we call it, yeah. the PSA is right. elevated compared to what would be normal for that man. And that can be an early sign that there's prostate cancer. And then at that point, there's other testing that will be done to ascertain whether there's prostate cancer or and not. And so I should be more regularly getting that PSA test uh, or whatever, uh, starting at the age of 50? Um, yeah, or earlier, depending on an individual's um, own situation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, boy, that's just half of the things I wanted to talk to you about this week, but there's next week too. Doctor, I hope you can join us next Tuesday. I'm looking forward to it. Everybody stay dry. <laughs>